Instamersion. Welcome everybody to the next episode of I Am Talk. This is my good friend Andrew Cahill from Cahill Brothers Incorporated, right? One of the, the CEOs, the partners, founders of um, film production company. And Andrew is just a man who is, ah, I think you're just so skilled and so knowledgeable. And <laughs> you have, you have a, a, a track record of just doing a lot of interesting projects. And I'm, I just can't wait to just dive into um, just learning more about you and your passions and seeing what's coming up ahead. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about um, if there's anything that you represent or that you're, I mean, I don't want to label you or whatnot, but um, I just think of film, I think of producing, I think of writing, directing, editing, everything in that yeah. whole media world. Um, but talk to me a little bit yeah, about how that journey started and how did, you, how did you get to where you are today? It was a bit of a, it was a bit of a fluke actually. I, uh, I had had a bunch of different careers in my twenties. I had done everything from I was in the army briefly. I was uh, a stockbroker. I was I a high you went school to law teacher. school too. Yeah, right? yeah. I went I to like, law what? school. So I did my first year of law school, and uh, I wasn't a great law student. I wasn't a great student in general. Mm. Um, but I loved the law. I thought it was really fun. But I found myself um, sort of a little bit. While I love the subject matter, I thought that what I'm going to end up doing didn't excite me that much. Although now I think it would be kind of fun <laughs> to be doing trial work. But um, I dropped out of law school. I had a girlfriend at the time who got a job in New York City. So I went to New York City with her. And uh, I was talking to my brother's roommate who said she was a documentary film editor. Ah. I had no idea what that was, but it yeah, sounded yeah. cool. <laughs> um, and she asked me if I wanted to go visit her work, where it was a production company. Cool. So wow. I went. It was a production company in Times Square. And I went and hung out with her for a day, and then I just volunteered. I said, no way. Yeah, no. I told the owner, I'm like, so he had me work for four months, and that's how I started editing. And then I was an editor for a number of years, working at you know, a lot of news, CNN and ABC, and um, I did some producing there, too. Um, Once you first set foot on that set, it must have been just a whole different world, right? Well, people forget that what was so strange about it is it was the first time, to me, computers and television were two completely separate things. I mean... And so, and I remember I went into the first post-production suite that they had, there was a guy who was doing finishing and it was all avid and everything was super expensive in those days, you know, but he was doing an online, which right. is where you take all the low res footage and then online it for- Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it was really, but he was also rotoscoping, which means he was cutting out one of the actors and putting them into another scene. Huh. And I remember watching, this was in 1999 or 2000, I can't Sheesh. remember, I think it was my mentor. And I remember thinking, I will never believe anything I see on TV again, because it was so real, this guy was suddenly with these other people, but he wasn't there when they shot it. He actually was missing that day, so they shot two things, locked off, and just wow. put him in the scene. Anyway. There's something uh, intriguing about that at yeah. the same time, too. It was fascinating. I was like, how much of the other stuff I've seen in my life isn't yeah. real? Isn't <laughs> you know? actually there, right? Yeah. So I was, and I think, you know, it's, now it's easy for us. Every high oh school gosh. student knows how to edit stuff on yeah. a computer. But at the time, I had never seen video manipulated at all. Mm. I just kind of never even thought about how it got to my TV screen. Um, so it was fascinating. And then, you know, and then going into news, it was also another way of seeing how That's the whole thing That's a whole different made. dimension yeah. of, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so um, you've seen kind of different uh, types of video media productions for television, for film, for, yeah. um, I mean, just news in itself, right? Just the types of things that you would shoot. 
the turnaround, the, the um, you know, how, like, it always just fascinated me how just journalists create stories right on the dot, and then the turnaround Super for fast. seeing things on the news, where I was like, wait, I remember when I was there at a few C hours ago. When I was at CNN, I worked at ABC, and I remember thinking that ABC was going to be, like, I mean, it was ABC Network New York City. Huge, I thought, yeah. this is going to be the biggest thing. I was editing in a closet, basically, with still using tape. Mm -hmm. We were using DigiBeta tape. Oh, my gosh. And at CNN, they had built out this beautiful studio at Columbus Circle. And it was like, I remember there, one of the first, well, one of the, one of the early pieces that I edited, you would, it was great. Like, I would just say, oh, I want, I'm just making this up, a compression shot, which yeah, was yeah. just people like feet walking, but it had to be in Shanghai. Mm -hmm. And they were really specific. You couldn't just show feet. They literally had to be sh feet in Shanghai. in Shanghai. So I had to go request it, but it was great. And I remember we had, in, so you'd work an eight hour shift. And in that eight hour shift, you'd produce two full packages, which, mm -hmm. you know, are two or three minute. So it was really, the cutting was really fast. You'd work with the reporters. I really loved it. It was really fun. Um, but I remember there was one of the earliest days when I was just starting there, editing this piece together. And suddenly they were just, because you, in those days, I'm not sure this is true anymore. If you had a three minute package, you had to fuse it to the server. It took three minutes to yeah. basically render it out for broadcast. And if you didn't have three minutes between the time you finished yeah. and Anderson Cooper was literally throwing to your package, yeah. <laughs> they would patch you into the director and you'd be patched in and you'd listen and they would say, okay, three, two, one. And as you watched Anderson Cooper on TV, he'd say, and now we're going to go to this. And then they, you'd hear them on the director say play and you'd hit play on your computer and it would go directly out over the air. Hello. And I was just like, and you're literally finishing right up to the last oh second and then you play. Yeah, it was fine. I have anxiety just thinking. It was a rush and scary. You're just yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, it was fine. I mean, um, I work with a company right now where they'll sub me out to do what's called VNRs, virtual news releases. Mm. And we'll go out and shoot on DSLRs or mirrorless cameras. And I just can't imagine what you had to do back in the day just with the tape decks and doing that kind of editing versus even with the digital side, how advanced that it's become. I still yeah. get anxiety just racing home, just trying to upload footage and, you know, be able to get a few seconds. The one thing great about it though, is that you've got all this, well, all the support, first of all, right? Yeah. So you're not doing it by yourself. You're doing it with lots of people. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, yeah. And there's something about pressure. I think mm. that like artists need pressure Yeah. without a deadline. I never finish anything, mm. right? You just tinker with it forever. And so you have to make decisions and, yeah. and things are, are okay. Yeah. It's and when you know, like this thing is going live in 18 minutes, you're just, eh, it's great. And then you never think about it again. Yeah. Unlike <laughs> film or product, you're like done. And it's, you know, wow. working on film projects is so different because you live with it for yeah. years, you know? And Speaking like, of film, um, how did you make that transition from working with these news companies um, uh, uh, for about, for X amount of years, but then transitioning over to the film world. It was um, sort of a two-step process. I was working, I actually left, I was working on a, a film, I was working at, I think I was working at 2020 at the time. I was doing a medical mysteries thing. I was editing this project and a friend of mine worked for a consulting firm mm -hmm. and he called me and he said, hey, we're trying to make a documentary. Can you come help us? And so I went, I'd never even heard of it. I didn't know anything about management consulting yeah. or anything. I went and uh, worked with them. The money was great. The project was fun. And that kind of turned into a 12-year career wow. working with this consulting firm. And uh, during that period, I had a friend who was a filmmaker, and she made a movie that she couldn't edit. Mm. She was having huge problems. It was her first time as a film director. It was, she was an actress yeah. normally, and so she had directed and acted. And she had made some stuff where she, she was like, I don't know why I did it. But anyway, we struggled with it because 
it was just hard to put together. Yeah. And so she brought me in. That was my first experience with the film, is trying editing that story oh into, into a feature. And it was really fun to do. And she was great. I worked with her again. on a, We did a play together oh. that she wrote. It was a great play that was an off-off-Broadway play a year later or two years later with Buck Henry, who wrote The Graduate, mm -hmm. and Holland Taylor. And it was really... We, so we did that together. So that was my first stint in film. And then I had this friend who was a gr an old friend of mine who... Uh, was a screenwriter and had been writing for years and I just thought he had such a the way he wrote was so directorial like all you could read his scripts and just see it and I knew him for so long I was like you should be directing and yeah. so um, we just had these conversations for years about making something and one year I was like after working with my friend Lisa who's the one who did the play and yeah. she's the one who taught me no no you can't leave it open-ended you have to and this is a trick for anyone who's making art <laughs> Set a deadline. And I mean a deadline like if you think you're going to make a play, yeah. go rent the theater before you even have the script. Wow, like, that forces you, that puts you in that. You know that in three months you're yeah. going to have a bunch of actors show up. Yep. And that's what Lisa would do. And she would turn out this artwork. And I always thought, well, I'll wait until I've got the script. And the right. Yeah, it's got to be ne perfect. <laughs> yeah, never get it done. Yeah, yeah. So pressure is our friend. And so yeah, yeah. Um, after working with Lisa, I said to my friend Jeff, I was just like, let's just set it. Next summer we're shooting this thing, even if it's like an iPhone and the two of us, we're going to make this movie. And uh, Jeff turned a play that he had written into a movie. And then, um, you know, we just started rolling with it. And Jeff, uh, he did. He directed, it was his first feature film. He directed it. I produced it with another friend of his who had wow. done a lot of producing before. She was sort of like the actual, she really, she really made it happen because <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> um, and, uh, but I just, that was my first taste of it. And then wow. being on set every day, it was really fun. Um, and then since then, we did another documentary and another feature that just came out, um, I guess, six months ago or so. So nice. we had a theatrical release, which I wasn't expecting. And my friend Ryan wrote this film and produced it. And, um, and then from there, I'd been in enough that I just signed. Then it's funny, right before COVID happened, I came to, I, my, mom, my parents live here. So I, yes. came, um, I came, I was traveling and I had a, a documentary. We had a documentary in a festival on the Big Island. Oh, wow. And so... I was there and I, I came here to visit on my way back and this uh, friend told me this crazy story. Called me up out of nowhere and said, I have a story to tell you. And so it turned into a feature film because after he told me the story, I thought, oh, this is a movie. I can see the movie. You just told me a movie. Can we make it? Um, and so I've been working on that for the last year. But as sort of, a, I want to direct it, um, but I'm both directing and producing and man, that's a hard task. Wow. Yeah, it's a hard I see this journey of, uh, you know, how you were able to start from, you know, just the news world as an editor and just kind of being more um, behind the scenes with maybe stuff that someone else had already shot and then you yeah. just having to kind of put it together and then now kind of um, being able to expand from that, right, as, you yeah. know, a writer, a producer, um, what was that... Um, um, what was that leap like for you, just kind of going from, yeah, behind, being behind the computer and now you're the storyteller, right? It's a... I mean, it's an interesting, I think this biggest, well, I don't know if this is true for everybody, but mm. certainly for me, it's a struggle of, um, there's like barriers to, f there's like fear places where you find you run into like, oh, this is too scary for me, or I'm not, I don't know if I can do this. Um, mm. And it's often not that obvious. I actually found doing a lot of writing that the way fear of these things manifested for me was excitement about a new idea. Uh, so if you and I had an idea, we're working on it. And then as we get closer to actually making it, yeah. I suddenly become obsessed with something else. Yeah, yeah. You're the man of many ideas. I remember you were sharing yeah. with me. You've got lots of ideas. Just... And now I just write them down on a board. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, hey, that idea has to go on the shelf. Because yeah. otherwise, what I find is I would get really far with an idea. 
and then I would be inspired by a new idea. <laughs> so now I'm like, inspiration is not necessarily my friend always. It is in a way. Right, and right. I have to meditate to know which is, what the difference is, right? right? Because sometimes the inspiration is clearly coming from somewhere else, and other times it's anxiety. <laughs> um, and so that's been sort of interesting, making that transition to finding it's fun to help others make mm. their idea. Like that I really like. I like hearing, and that has no, that doesn't kick up any fear for me because I'm helping you. Exactly. Like, yeah, 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 it's great. I'm easy to help out. But when it suddenly, and this is why it's really hard to talk to people who haven't done it, mm. including when I was like trying to direct, I'm just like, oh, I understand now the anxiety of why somebody would do that. The fear of really being out in front and sticking your neck out. Some people do it easily. Like, yeah, yeah. it's just that's not easy for me, right? So um, I, even though I l like being out in front, I always had that fantasies, oh, I'm gonna go be an actor or something. Yeah, yeah. In reality, I feel much safer on that side of the camera, you know, <laughs> like behind there, doing the editing, doing the creative work. I know exactly yeah. how you feel being in this scene myself. I was gonna say, and then, you must And have. then even for us to be having this conversation, right, it's, yeah. it's, uh, Easy as, as uh, I think, for more people that have done videography for a long time to feel kind of safe in that editing yeah. world. And there's a whole art to it too, right? But to actually say, hey, I understand it enough to, to um, actually take some risks and now launch with your, new, with your own new fresh ideas and, yeah. and just have a, you know, explore that different side of creativity. I think it's, it's, it's awesome. You were talking um, a lot about, you know, just, you know, I just kind of saw a pattern of, of, um, you know, just your friend uh, booking that theater and saying, okay, you know what, like, even though we haven't finished writing right. this, but we, you know, we're going to set that uh, for you um, with all these new ideas emerging and all sorts of inspirations. How do you decide what actually um, gets finished or what actually goes to? That's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great question. Right? Because you probably have just a slew of many projects you could be working on, but by the end of the day, something has to get released, right? Well, and that's, yeah, it, it's actually, it's a, it's a struggle. Um, I, well, normally, this is where I love collaboration, right? Working with other people mm. really helps me. By myself, I tend to come up with great ideas. I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone and there's this idea that I've been playing around with about doing a sitcom and, um, and so I'll fire off the email to the people, I'll start putting it in motion. And, and that part is easy for me. I think it's the, so knowing your skills yeah. and where your weaknesses are and being able to find people who can collect, you know, who oh, can, because yeah. to me, that's it. By myself, I'll just keep doing the same thing. Mm. Um, and then there is a piece that is, I want to say more of like a spiritual piece of it, which is knowing which things, I guess having faith that the things that you're doing are the, is sort of the right thing to be sure. spending your time on as yeah. opposed to sort of. And that to me has been, meditation has been part of it. It's like I haven't, and I struggle with it. And sometimes I'm certainly not good at it, um, <laughs> but you know, I try. And so I find that, that trying to figure out which is, like I said, which is the fear, which is the inspiration that you Absolutely. should follow, yeah, what yeah. is the right. Um, and I do, you know, the film that we were working on now, the budget we have is so small. And mm. there's one other person who helped me with the thing. We were working on it together. And there's so much production post-COVID. I was hoping we would get in under the wire, but production took off again about six months ago. And I can't find oh. a crew that I, you know, I can't, yeah, yeah. I just have trouble Everyone's finding. Everyone's all back to work. <laughs> and if I had enough money, I could, mm. sure, I could find crew. But without any money, with very little money, mm. it's sort of a favor and people, ca I can't expect, I don't expect sure. anyone to commit 
knowing that suddenly, you know, you know, Magnum PI will call them, and <laughs> of course they're going to go. Yeah, yeah, they should yeah. go. So I've been figuring that out, and that's been an interesting process of just figuring out, like, okay, what's what's the next right thing to mm -hmm. work on? What um, I do, th I mean. I do think having the right team around you is no, important. No, definitely, yeah. yeah. Especially when it comes to just areas that we're, you know, we're not all jack of all trades, right? Yeah. And then even as we were having lunch a few weeks ago, like, um, you know, just what God was showing me about you was how I believe you have a very strong visionary gifting, like those ideas. And um, I can see just a lot of people even just wrestling, trying to figure out what to write or what idea to have, but seeing like um, this whole... Um, yeah, just explosion of ideas coming from left and right. I see that as a true gift, but actually not seeing you having to um, be the man to be behind every position to make sure those things get done, right? Well, and that's the part that I think it's hard for me. This is where the meditation piece is. Mm -hmm. And just sort of like, you know, one of those things that was certainly not a part of my life growing up or later sort of prayer and meditation, sort of the taking the time and the space to yeah. see... What's true, and this is what I found, is that I struggle with, well, what are the parts that I actually can do and should be doing? Mm -hmm. And what are the parts that I have to let go to other people? Yeah. What's the most enjoyable for you? Well, like, there's so many amazing well, facets of it, right? When we were in the last film, I was watching the director work, and he was so, his friend Sean, he was mm. so buttoned up. I mean, he came binders, every shot planned. I am not a planner. Like you said, <laughs> I'm sort of a, ideas come, I'm like throwing out stuff. I'm more of like a spitballer than yeah. a planner. No, that's a gifting though. That yeah. A gifting well, it's itself. a gift in certain areas. And then yeah, in other yeah. areas, you're like, okay, stop talking. Let's get this thing yeah. done. Right. <laughs> so it depends on what you're doing. But I was watching him and I thought I've always wanted to direct because mm. I can often see, I'm like, okay, what if it's like this? But as I've thought about it more and more, I keep thinking, well, maybe you're trying to force something that's not mm. meant to, and I don't know the answer to this one. This is yeah, happening, yeah. This is happening in real yeah, time yeah. right now, <laughs> where I'm looking at it and thinking, maybe I've got three other projects that are sort of percolating, talking to people about. It's like, maybe the idea of directing one of them means mm. I can't produce all of them. Maybe I'm just supposed to produce and I'm fighting something I'm supposed to do. Mm. And I love editing, so I always want to play with the editing. But um, but editing has also changed. You edit oh all God. these, do you? Yes, yes. Yeah. So, and then it's minimal editing for yeah, something like this because it's just cut, rolling yeah. and going from camera to camera. Yeah, but. it's a, But I'm watching some of the young people. I had an assistant who oh is gosh, now yeah. a documentary film editor, and she. Uh, I was looking at sort of some of the things she did. Something that's on HBO now, and you know, I, I haven't really edited in years. I mean, really edited like for yeah, broadcast. Right, so right, right. I'm looking at it and thinking there is a point where you know, like there are people who can do it better. Find mm -hmm. the best people for the job, and yeah. And that is an ego thing, actually. I think letting go of your ego yeah. and thinking, all right. Yeah. So I don't have an answer yet. Yeah, so am yeah. I not directing this thing? I don't know. Well, <laughs> it'll reveal itself, I guess. No, no, I hope it does for you. Yeah. And I know it's always uh, uh, you know, a thing that we all wrestle with, right? In terms of, yeah, what's our strengths, what's our weaknesses, but also what can we healthily release so that these projects can thrive and you can kind of be in your sweet spot, right? Doing yeah. what's most enjoyable and what's most fulfilling. Um, speaking of which, what would you consider a successful project? Because as, I don't know if perfectionist is the right word, but somebody that is very true to your, you know, the things that you write and wanting it to see um, the best production that would, you know, um, uh, express what it is that you're envisioning. Mm. Um, at at a, what point do you say, hey, you know what, like we've, or maybe it's a project that you've done in the past where you can say, hey, you know what, from start to finish, like, just so proud of this work or, or for what it's achieved. And yeah. um, this is the epitome of, uh, 
of a successful production. Well, I always think of that quote about art is never finished, only abandoned, right? That yeah. idea. That, <laughs> I, I do think that that's why I think the trick of setting deadlines is so important mm. is that it's hard. Like, so this is sometimes the idea of working something, really working it can be, but oftentimes it's just inspiration that comes from nowhere and you write something down and you can keep working it, but you're not going to really improve it. That's, right, right, right. And so I think sometimes the deadline, the goal, mm. like we're making this next summer and then all the right people show up because everyone's talking to people and they do. And then whether your script is perfect or not, yeah. well, that's what we're shooting. Oh, and that's, and that is the decision is this is what we have. <laughs> Could it be better? Sure. Of course. It can you know? always be better. It can right? always be better. And that's the problem. So I think there is the film that I've written that now I'm on draft three that mm. we've been talking about making. We postponed production. We're supposed to be shooting right now and we yeah. just couldn't find the right crew. So we postponed it. And one of my friends was like, well, maybe you're supposed to re rewrite it. Mm -hmm. And I think there is something to that. I think there's something about the film that's not quite ready. Right, right, right. But I don't know if that means I'm supposed to work it more or when we get the right actor, it'll become clear because mm -hmm. film, of course, isn't on the script as a blueprint. Right, right. So, you know, I don't know. So, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I think most of it is, most of it is just sort of, whatever actually turns up is what was supposed to happen, mm. you know? So well, there's, yeah, there's a lot to be said about, you know, just creating, right? And yeah. we're both creators in our own, in our own sense, but um, being able to constantly put something out there and to, you know, even as I'm doing this talk show, right? I'm yeah. always seeing like with every episode that we're putting out there, I'm like, oh, I could have done this better. I could have done this better. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just put out what I can for this episode and I'll just take it to the next episode to add. And I don't know if it's like that with film where you can say, okay, well, we've taken it to a certain point. It's kind of production, but could have been, you know, could have been better. Well, you but just, you know what? Let's just work on the next one. <laughs> and I think, yeah, that's it. Work on the next one because... I mean, I guess there are some people who work on the same thing and keep rebooting. Over and over and over, yeah. Yeah, but I think, and this brings, it's funny, because this has always been an internal struggle, mm. I think, I think ego and shame. It's like putting something out there that's not perfect. Yeah, you want it to best represent who you, want, you are, right? You and want what it you to stand be great, for. you want it to be, and I think this is where having a, a sense of faith or trust that you're just, mm. my job isn't how you think about it. My job is just to make it. Yeah. Um, you know, my friend, I have a friend who always wow, used to say, he always, profound, yeah. Yeah, he always used to say to me, you're not in, you're not in the results business. You're in the action business. Mm. And I remember I was feeling, no, but I want people, I want to win an Oscar. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, that's not your, you don't have any, you could make the best movie in the world and not, that winning, that can't be your motivation. There has to be like, I want to say mm -hmm. this or I want, so that's just, and that's a hard one to think. Like, I'm going to put this out there and nothing might happen. Right? Just nothing at all might happen. Yeah. Or people might make fun of you. Or it might be genius and right, right. totally out of your hands. What's a project that you've done where you've received a lot of good feedback, a lot of accolades, and you know, just a lot of uh, where, where it actually kind of did a lot more than you thought it would? I had one. This is, came to mind out of nowhere. I had one where I worked for a client. This is not a film project. Yeah, this yeah. is almost like a throwaway project where somebody came to me and said, this is where a huge company, this is a big company, and they wanted to make something, they were going to their board of directors, which was like 12 people, and they wanted to make something to convince them to make, increase their cyber security budget. Hmm. <laughs> and they were looking for double, which they were like, it's insane, we're not gonna get double. That's so crazy they, that, that they had the funds to make a video just for this. Big company, they had a lot of money. Oh my gosh. And so they came to me and they were like, what can we do about it? And I remember pitching mm. that we would make, because I had been working in the news for years, I was like, let's make the news segment 
of what CNN would be saying uh. about the company post breach. Mm. So we made, we hired a, a, we hired a, <laughs> hired a newscaster, we shot on green screen, Lovely. had a great crew. My friend Dave was just like, we did this like really cool thing. And we, they took it in, the head of cybersecurity took it in and showed them the news segment as it happened after a breach. Well, they probably thought it was real. <laughs> First of all, they said, destroy this. Yeah, yeah. I don't ever want it. This can't, I don't want any copies of this to exist. Uh, so they had to destroy it. I can't, I mean, I don't have any copies of it. It was great. Yeah, yeah. And he got three times the budget. No way. So that so was enough for them to that, be Just that it. video. He said, yeah. I didn't have to tell them anything else. I just showed them what could happen to their company. Wow. And, they, and so it was little things like that where I didn't think much of that mm. when I made it. I was like, okay, we're going to do this. And then it had a big impact on the other huge, side. Huge, To me, that was, I think it was three times. I mean, hopefully whoever sees this doesn't feel like, that wasn't three times. It was only whatever it was. It was more than they asked for. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, and then, you know, when we did the films, so I've done, well, so we did the two films with Film and Play with Lisa like 10 years ago. And then recently, 18 to Party was the first film I did with my friend Jeff Rota, who wrote and directed it. And then, and that was, it was meant to be, I mean, he wanted to make sort of a Richard Linkletter style play, for which is what it was. It was a play initially. Um, and so that was a fun project. Two locations, really very, very simple shoot. Um, and we got, I mean, I think it's, it's an interesting movie. Kids. We were working with kids, which is never easy. <laughs> Jeff did a great job. And then, um, and then later, uh, we did a documentary about this woman, amazing, this woman, Myrtle Simpson, who uh, is 90-something years old. Wow. She's 91 now. She was a polar explorer. And so um, my friend Leanne and I made this documentary. We're still working on trying to make a feature out of it. The short is out in festivals. Oh, nice. Um, and then she told me some great stories that I'm trying to, turn into feature films as well. So it's just like, it's, as long as your ears are open, there's ideas everywhere. Wow. Um, and then the last film we did was really interesting. My friend wrote it probably 10 years ago. He started writing it. Mm. And, um, and then it sort of, I mean, just for his willpower, he was just like, I'm going to raise the money. And he went out there and he did it. And he had a friend of his, Sean, who's directing it, who I know in New York. And um, that movie was called Last Night in Razi. It came out in theaters. Did, we had a 10 city theatrical run which we did not expect at all. Uh, that was, um, and then now it's on Amazon and, and you know, both, all of them are on Amazon and, and Apple TV and all that. And, you know, that was fun to watch him turn it from a script all the way from sitting in writer's group like this, just sitting in your living yeah. room and writing that thing to seeing it on the screen wow. in, in LA for the premiere. It was sort of great. So, um, I mean, I just think you never know. You can put yeah. your, there's other stuff I've done that I thought for sure this is going to be awesome and, and then it just nothing ever happens. Right? No one cares. No, you know. Yeah. So I don't ever know. But there's just something, you know, regardless of what the results are, right? Just for us as creators to say, you know what? We're just going to keep our ideas going and keep yeah. creating and just, just trying. do it for the love of the arts. Right? Yeah, that's it. We're quickly down to our last few minutes. All right. Um, I want to just give you opportunity um, to express to the front camera if there's anything that you have going on right now or anything you would like to promote or, or even just a message. Um, just your time to shine. My time. All right. Well, all I can say is, well, hey, thank you for having me. No, it's great absolutely. to be here. Um, we are currently working on a film called Lolo, which is a true story based here in Honolulu. And it is, uh, we are hopefully shooting in the spring now. And uh, you can go to surflolo.com, which is just starting. And there's some cool merchandise that we're starting to put up there. And uh, if you're a director or 
come find me because I need some help here in Honolulu. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, Andrew. Um, this is Andrew from um, Cothill Brothers. Um, yeah, so much uh, to explore in terms of, yeah, I, I haven't even seen all your work, so I can't wait just to start downloading yeah, things and just looking. seeing things that you've made. Um, but yeah, so glad to have you on Thank this Thank you set. for having me. Thanks to our conversation and uh, looking forward to uh, being at your next movie premiere, hopefully. Hopefully we can come back here and talk about Lola after that, a shot. Oh my gosh, I love that <laughs> I love that name and I can't wait to see the uh, merch that you guys have made. All you right. must have had a lot of fun putting We've that together. Fun. Yeah, the logo is cool. Well, I'll show it to you. But. <laughs> well, that's all the time that we have for today, everybody. And we'll look to see you next time here on I Am Talk. And God bless. Take care. Instant Motion. I would love to thank you for hanging out with us here on I Am Talk. Hit the subscribe button to stay in tune with our channel. Oh, and don't forget to tap that bell icon to get notifications on the latest episodes coming your way. We're always looking for the next guests to talk story with here on I Am Talk. So if you just shoot me an email at alex at instantmersion.com, I'll be sure to shoot a guest application your way. Well guys, it's all for now. Until our next episode of I Am Talk, this is Alex and I'm out. Peace.